What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined by my good friend, J.W. Crewall. J.W., how are you doing today? Riley, I feel like you always ask, and I always say very good. And today is no exception. <laughs> it sounded like that was building up today, perhaps being an exception. <laughs> uh, well, things are a little different. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we're in, what is this, week one of stay at home for us in Ohio. This is, you know, the governor ordered stay at home as with many governors in many states. Uh, and so we've been, let's see, that happened on maybe Monday or yesterday, something like that. So this is the first like official week of like, literally nobody should leave their house, uh, which is cool. Uh, and by cool, I mean horrible. But the plus side is that we have a friend over from St. Louis who is a musician. So is out of work you know his his orchestra doesn't play right now and so he's just chilling with us and we get to hang out he's really into board games and so we've enjoyed the time with him very nice so he's kind of stuck there now right he's a little bit stuck i mean we'll, we'll <laughs> see. we don't we don't quite know i mean he's happy to he's welcome to stay here as long as possible uh, or as long as he needs or as long as this whole thing goes on but uh right. yeah it just things are so up in the air that it, it's probably better for him to be here with us then you know alone uh in isolation i think if you you know and i i'm sure you can speak to this riley where what just being heck? alone you're like you know you'd rather just be with somebody you know so. uh, yeah i mean i can find fine <laughs> oh sure no, no no for sure and and definitely like technology makes it so that you can really interact with friends uh right. in a way you just couldn't before but even so i think having that human to human contact is pretty important for us as humans uh, just being social beings yeah, I will say if it wasn't for Discord, this would be quite the quite the process. That's but, what I'm saying. Yeah, getting on back. Discord with the lads, that's uh, that's all you need, right? <laughs> I still haven't been able to make it out. I saw you guys were playing Scriblio. We literally are in Discord every night these nights. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I need to I need to make it out there because I love things like Scriblio, Quiplash, you know, those kinds of like party games. Oh yeah. Yeah, we started doing more stuff like that to like accommodate all the people that are coming into the boys court. Okay. Because it used to be, you know, just a lot of like League of Legends and Team Fight Tactics and stuff. Yeah, which, yeah. Which is fine, but not everybody does that. Or well, it that's gets, when, like, it gets old when I, you're in quarantine. That's all you do. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the one time I came in, you and Dankitz were just playing uh, League. Dankitz you know, doesn't really play League, League but you were playing Team Fight Tactics. Yeah. Right. Well, the new thing, new season just started for Team Fight Tactics, so it's like a little hype. But, you know, you get you get like tired of playing Team Fight Tactics if that's all you do in a day. So like you gotta you gotta play the Scriblio, you gotta play the Jackbox games, you gotta play oh uh, all those kind of fun things. Uh, some of my other friends and I have been doing like Pummel Party. If you ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like the R-rated Mario Party. Um, yeah, that's pretty fun. Um, you know, just f try to find different ways to entertain ourselves. I've personally been enjoying Animal Crossing quite a bit. Uh, I know you don't have a switch, so you don't get to experience that same joy and fulfillment in life, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. What is the appeal to animal crossing? The appeal to animal crossing is you just kind of chill it, man. You know? Well, that, yeah. So that doesn't appeal to me. I like to do things right. that have a goal and end goal. Right. And a lot of people, a lot of like gamers like that kind of style, right? It's Whereas the they have more things to do. Right. And it's the same reason that I don't particularly like running as opposed <laughs> to something like basketball right Or right? basketball has you know you try to score running it's like how long can i go till i pass out you know and it's just that that doesn't appeal to me i guess yeah so for point. sure for sure i understand i understand <laughs> it's not for everybody um i was watching a like review of it on youtube today and <laughs> he was saying like yeah animal crossing is basically just one gigantic fetch quest and i'm like yeah <laughs> but but you know you just have fun doing it and uh it's not a kind of game for that's for everybody but the people who like it really like it oh for sure and i know that they do a lot of like detail work which is always very cool i can see how somebody would like it because they put in so much like cool um just just cool things like natalie was or i saw maybe natalie was talking about it or i saw something on twitter where they had like a villager that they thought they had lost from their old game that came back and they were just so happy about it <laughs> and 
it was just cool. Things like that can kind of like carry over and there's a lot of like lore in the game as far as I know. And yeah, it seems cool. It seems very deep. Yeah, it's fun. My, my old roommate from Columbus just got one of my favorite villagers. So I'm now making it my personal mission to stop by his village every day and slowly seduce him to my village. <laughs> so. So, so how does that how does that work? Are there duplicates of these villagers? I I assume so, right? Because everybody has Tom. Right. Everyone has their own instance of the game, right? So like, yeah. you could technically have the same villagers, but uh, villagers can also move to your place from other people's villages. Or so that's the question: is like, are all these Animal Crossing games are they all like pair or alternate universes <laughs> where? They all exist. Like this, is this like time splitting? Uh, I guess depending on how the technology of the planes you use to get between islands works, it it might very well be. Like maybe okay. you're in some kind of like, you know, how in some movies like the Bermuda Triangle, you enter like a different time zone or like not time yeah. zone but like realm and parallel universe. Like, like maybe that's what's happening. Like as you fly through the air on this plane, you like travel between dimensions and stuff. That's what I'm saying, because for every copy of the game sold, there's, you know, I heard there's like a million, two million copies sold in Japan. So there's two million Tom Nooks, <laughs> right? So th that's all just this, you know, the tree branches out, you know, to an yeah. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. Maybe Tom Nook is also just like an android that's like watching over us. And it's like the Matrix. Okay. I could see that. Or, or it's that, it's like that, um, it's like that show with Jim Carrey. Where he's in the bubble. Where he's in the he, bubble. Uh, what's his name? The and one where he's like a character on a show. Yeah, they're filming a TV show. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I forget, why can't I remember the name? Like, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna remember it like immediately. The Truman uh, Show. The Truman, Truman Show. show. Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> 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 Everyone knew about Jim. Yeah, that was funny. That's true. It's like your villager is the only one that doesn't know. <laughs> That there's all these multiple realities. <laughs> that would that seems like eerily accurate. Like <laughs> all the storekeepers and stuff, they definitely know what's going on. But right, right. They're <laughs> <laughs> all the same person or like a robot. But the villagers are just like victims. Dang, dude, that's deep. I'm gonna have to get on the message boards. <laughs> the Animal okay. Crossing that message theory, boards. That theory hasn't already yeah. been spoken into existence. We definitely you have to get, get this on the forums pronto. <laughs> Do people still use forums? I used to use forums. I think Facebook are the new forums. Kinda, right? Like groups yeah. or forums. The anonymity yeah. is lost though on stuff like Facebook, where like before for I guess yeah, someone in chat saying Reddit is basically a forum. I could see that as well. Um, but I don't really use Reddit all that much. I don't know if Reddit's in the same nature as like what a forum used to be though. It's like an an equivalent, but I don't know if it's like the same vibe yeah that's fair and speaking of how things used to be riley we <laughs> today are going to get into the meat of the episode which is talking about some of our favorite things from the past you know we've we've done a lot of uh future looking and today we want to just take a time to reflect on what has been what we've enjoyed uh throughout the game in terms of favorite formats, favorite cards, favorite decks, yeah. and things that we want, you know, reprinted, things that we think that would be very good uh, or usable or fun in the current and future formats. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a, there's a lot of good Pokemon that's existed before now. Not the Pokemon today isn't good, but there's only so many times that we can talk about Zacian ADP when nobody's even playing standard <laughs> sanctioned events. So I think this will be an interesting time to like take a look back and see what what things we've enjoyed, what things come to mind as being particularly strong formats, maybe that we didn't even directly play in. Um, I don't know, the world's kind of opening up a little bit right now. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So well, I think we can just kick it right off, right? So yeah, the first thing that we wanted to hit on was some of our favorite past formats. So... Uh, I think anything's really fair game. It doesn't have to be particularly quote unquote old. It doesn't have to be um, like a universally beloved format to be one of our favorites. But uh, JB, let's kick it off with you. What is a uh, prime contender for one of your favorite formats? 
Well, I don't know whether it's just nostalgia or whether the format really was good, but I first started getting into the game 10 years ago when SPs were just finishing. So you had things like Blaziken, you had things like Luxray, uh, G uh, level X, you had things like Dialga, Chomp, all these kinds of decks were, you know, the, the constituency of the SP decks. And I loved that kind of methodical pace of play. I, I would call it methodical pace of play where you're not really doing anything major, but you're doing just enough every turn to, uh, you know, to, to win the game over the course of, you yeah. know, six or seven or eight turns you know you're like such an accurate description of like the 2010 to 11 era (laughs) right right it's very that methodical gameplay that kind of planned out gameplay that i was really gravitated towards coming into the game that's when i first started going on poke gym and hey trainer and i just remember that format being very very interesting and intriguing as a new player we kind of flipped that coin to the mid-season rotation where HeartGold Soul Silver became, you know, the only usable set block. And that went from this methodical uh, pace of play to this kind of erratic pace of play <laughs> with, with babies dominating the format. Tyrogue was like a force. dogs. <laughs> and just, you know, it, it all felt so, um, so random you know, are more random than the SP era. So those were kind of two formats that I look back and, and think very fondly of. I didn't actually play during those formats, but that when it was when I was starting to get heavily invested in it, into the game. And they just hold that special place in my heart. Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of funny because those formats definitely contrast a lot in how they're played and the card pool that's available to them. SPs had insane amounts of like synergy going for them and all sorts of support cards. Whereas I feel like HESS kind of formats didn't have quite as strong of like support cards available to them. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the Pokemon, it felt like the Pokemon kind of supported themselves a little bit more in the. Sure, that SP was definitely a cool, that was definitely a cool thing about Hargold Soul Silver era versus SP, uh, and and it kind of was a double edged sword, right? Because you had cards like Magnazone, which once you set them up, got, you know, had that built-in draw, right? So they were, like you were saying, that support inherent in the card. But the problem with that, the double-edged sword, is that, you know, the every deck tried to play Magnazone, basically. And, <laughs> you know, if they couldn't, they were trying to counter Magnazone. So it kind of warped the format a little bit uh, around just those insanely good cards. I guess that's kind of the you know, same throughout the years. But I think when you have a a format like SP, there were a lot, you know, of course, SP was very dominant. I think you had a lot more uh, card selection in that format than you did in the Heart Gold Soul Silver format due to, you know, various factors. Obviously, there's more sets available in SP than when they had them in season rotation. Um, You just have, you know, more viable SPs. But uh, yeah, you look at that and like all these decks... They probably had Magnezone in them. They probably had Cleffa, Tyrogue, that you could really name, you know, a lot, maybe 20 to 30 cards in every single deck that everything played, you know? So you talked about the mid-season rotation, which was actually a a very interesting time in Pokemon's history because it's basically the only time they've ever done something like that. Talk a little bit about, like, what actually happened there and and what caused the mid-season rotation. If I remember correctly, it was because the Donking decks got too absurd and i remember that sableye donk for whatever reason they had released a card maybe it was like pokemon collector or something that just like broke the deck wide open to the point that sableye donk sableye has this ability where it always goes first if you start so and then that was back in the format where you could um attack on the first turn so you could attach like expert belt to give your guy what 80 hp and you just had a really good chance of donking anything because its first attack did, said, like, it does 40 damage if Sableye has more health than the opponent's Pokemon. So you had some ways to kind of modify your health. You had some ways to modify your damage. And it just made it a 
terror as far as i remember i can't <laughs> i can't quite say like what from heart gold soul silver made the deck good but there was some reason that sableye got just absurdly out of control with things like crobat and super scoop up maybe it's like super scoop up got printed um you had <laughs> crobat super scoop up plus the uh poke turns it just got really uh, obtuse and they had to ban Crazy that they uh they went through with a mid-season rotation not something that people really think of looking back or that uh i don't think hopefully will ever happen again because <laughs> yeah. i don't foresee them having the kind of rules that they had back in hgss ever coming back well and i think too the mid-season rotation was due to kind of pokemon's very hesitant nature of banning cards because obviously if they ban sableye then i think you know then that mechanic that whole deck just doesn't work but they really tried to avoid banning specific cards now obviously pokemon has lightened up on this a little bit but um when you look back on it wizards of the coast which was the original creator of the pokemon card game they would ban cards or had you know all these cards that should have been banned uh and pokemon just didn't want to do that going forward once they took full rights of the company and so for the longest time i mean that was the that was a big deal when the ban list came out a few years ago because pokemon hadn't done that since they'd owned the game and so going back to that format again they didn't want to ban anything outright so they rotated midseason. yeah yeah i think that's a that's a pretty good summary i still i think pokemon is still hesitant to ban things especially especially when it comes to standard format i feel like that is like the sacred child that cannot be altered in, in some ways like I think besides Trump card, what is even what does even ever ban? Well, I think think it's really nice to have that just to go on a little aside as a as a competitive player for a lot of years and being able to see what happens in, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic, obviously the two comparable games where they're just in Yu-Gi-Oh banning cards left and right. So you might buy a card. (laughs) You might buy a card for a lot of money and then it immediately gets banned, you know, before you even have a chance to use it in a tournament. And <laughs> that definitely happens. It gets it gets kind of funny. And then Magic, of course, has um, just major cost issues and uh, associated with them not reprinting things or, or them banning certain things. You know, it's just it's all kind of wonky there with those two card games. So I, I like con- Pokemon's consistent approach. Uh, however, it did lead that one year to a very just unusual circumstance. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. it's interesting, to say the least, like how d- different games approach uh, their balance and structure. But I think those are two really awesome formats. So I got to I gotta agree with you that those are definitely some highlights. Another one of my favorites going a, a little bit further back from the modern era is 2006. Uh, obviously, I did not play back then, but I played quite a few decks and games with mm. my friends. Both um, Natalie is a great resource because she has a, quite a few of those 2006 decks. We also started printing them at my local league at uh, Ohio State before I yeah. uh, moved away. And I just really like how methodical that format is and the array of options that are yeah. available to you. Um, so, like, Pidgeot is just an insane card and it kind of lets any deck have the engine that it needs to function so then it becomes a matter of like is the deck actually viable with like the options that you have available to you not so much like can you get it working because usually you get a lot of things working but it's just a matter of you know is this card even good in the first place (laughs) kind of thing and so you have this huge array of options to you you have delta species you have um, you have uh, these crazy attacking pokemon you have uh generally a wide array array of pokemon powers that were very cool yeah there was a ton of really interesting abilities like the deluge ability of the yeah the the deluge power of the era was uh, a little interesting in how it applied damage it can only go to uh, certain pokemon and then you had um you had crazy stuff like Macargo was still played. You had Electrode EX, which was the exact same kind of idea as the current day Electrode GX. Um, mm-hmm. And I think actually there's been a, quite a few cards from this like 2005 and six era 
that have resurfaced in modern times. So I'm thinking yep. of a cargo and electrode specifically um, that have almost identical counterparts actually in today's game. Um, sure. With the only difference being like the HPs usually. The cargo actually got nerfed when it was reprinted. <laughs> Do you know? It lost yeah. an attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. It has like the same HP and great. everything else, but it just has yeah. a, a, <laughs> no attack. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, it, that's so funny. That's so wild. Um, the other thing that I liked about that format that got reprinted in uh, in essence, I mean, it's not a, a one for one, but the tag call engine of today was what they had with Holland's uh, transceiver back then. Yeah, that's a good point. Where, where that, I mean, that is just so cool to me. I mean, it's a little bit different. Obviously, tag call can get two things. Transceiver can only get one thing. But you have that kind of synergy there where you can construct your decks so that you don't have to max out your copies of supporters where you can get them with a with a trainer whatever you need in that certain situation one thing that i did like about 20 uh 2006 <laughs> that i would love to see them reprint is something where the pokemon are also energy i thought that was very very cool and also a very big part of that format where you could search out yeah energy via Pokemon search. So there are three instances that I think of Magneton, Magnezone, I guess four, Voltorb, yeah. Electrode, five maybe, and then Castform. Castform six. So those, yeah, those five were all very big and all had very, you know, well, slightly different uses just kind of depending on uh, the, the engine that you had. But Castform was a huge deal. So Castform allowed you to play it if it already if the pokemon already had an energy attached you got to pick that energy back to your hand and attach cast form and the cool thing about cast form was that it was worth two of any type of energy so that would really well with the blastoise like you were talking about you could get up these very very powerful attacks that cost you know other than some energy other than water and be able to do those really cool things right and so for the unfamiliar that was the entire idea behind the LBS deck of old. So if you ever heard that acronym, the idea is that you could use the Blastoise EX to put a bunch of water energy onto your board, and then you can use Cast Form to swip, swap those energy out for different attackers. So uh, you had Lugia, you had Latios, you had um, a Steelix that sniped. It was you just had a huge array of options to you. It's widely considered to be the best deck of that format. Um, just because it, had, it was fast, aggressive, and it had a ton of useful attacks to deal with all sorts of situations. So, <laughs> and that deck is really fun to play too. It wasn't like sometimes sometimes there's a BDIF and it's just like you know it, kind of a slog to play it. Uh, but LBS was a really fun engine. It had a lot of crazy things going on, and you got to always find the path to victory. It wasn't like victories were just handed to you. You had to construct that path, and I think that's true for a lot of O6 decks. And that's why I like it. Um, What's your favorite deck of that format then? My favorite deck has to be the Bombtar deck. I think that deck is completely insane. So I kind of, again, explaining for the unfamiliar, uh, there was an Electrode EX card that was very similar to our current Electrode GX, where you give up two prizes in exchange for attaching a bunch of energy onto your board. And back then, there was some insane energies available to you, particularly the Scramble energy, that when you're behind and it's attached to a stage two, um, it provides three rainbow energies. Wow. So very similar in nature to like super boost energy, but it was, you could play four of them. So uh, the idea is you have this Tyranitar. It was not a Tyranitar EX, just a regular Tyranitar that did 10 more damage for every energy attached to it. Um, and then you can use combination of scramble energy and darkness energy, which back then was only a special energy and gave additional damage to dark Pokemon to get your damage through the roof very quickly. And then you could disrupt your opponent's hand with Team Rocket's admin, which does the same exact thing as N, um, except you can draw up to that many cards, so you can draw less if you want. Um, and you can use a card called Pal Hand Extension, which had two effects, and you could choose one of them. Uh, the first effect was very similar to Countercatcher, where you yep. can just bring up something on the bench. And the second effect was kind of like a uh, uh, kind of 
kind of like an anaporter for any energy where you can move an energy yeah. around to a different pokemon yeah um, with the re and you had to be behind in prizes to activate either of those effects so it kind of all just like synergized together you blow up electrodes you pout you and you draw a lot of cards with a magmar that's card of energy and uh you power up just one or two tyranitars and you just destroy everything you know after right. disrupting your opponent's board it was just super fun uh a really cool deck just on the whole like uh, those kind of concepts are generally very fun and you can see that kind of replicated if you ever watch andrew's stream he plays the lapras electro deck and it, that honestly is very very similar in concept to the bomb tar deck where you just blow yeah. something up reset stamp your opponent and attack yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah that's very fun that's very fun i would have to say for my uh, favorite deck of that format, it would have been the Jolteon Absol deck of that format. What is it called? The um, the one where you spread with the Jolteon. Ja Frick. I honestly don't even know the name <laughs> off the top of my head. Like It's not going to come uh, to me either. <laughs> oh, man. I like had it in my brain, and then I... And then now I don't. But it's... Uh, anyway, use Jolteon. You use its evolutionary thunder ability. You second bite a bunch of stuff. You can like scoop it up somehow and just spread a lot of damage on your opponent's side of the field. I don't know. Love that deck. I don't remember what it's called. I remember it after the cast. Immediately after the cast, it'll come into my brain. But, uh, that was a really fun one. One of the decks that our friend Natalie really likes is the Polytoad stall deck. So back then, fossils didn't give up prizes. Mm. So you'd play like a ton of fossils because there was the root fossil and the claw fossil. And, uh, so it's kind of like a a Don Fan Dolls deck is is almost the kind of like equivalent idea where you would just swap between Polytoad and all of these fossils over and over with the punch and run attack, which is one of my yeah. favorite attack names ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Punch I've never run. heard of that deck. Oh, you haven't? Natalie loves that deck. Oh, okay. I'll have to play her. Yeah. It's not yeah. like one of the best decks, but it's it's fun and you get to say punch and run, which that, which i mean that rocks for sure <laughs> <laughs> nice so i'll pass the baton over back to ujw what are some other things that you have liked in the past well we had one question in the chat here did you guys play in the legend pokemon era and i did now there were a couple of times in the legend series of cards that made them viable and the legends were very cool mechanics where you needed both halves to play it down. They weren't any single Pokemon by themselves, which made them kind of awkward to get into play. So you needed things like Pokemon communication to search out a piece, but you couldn't search them out via Pokemon collector or, you know, I don't know, other, other things that searched out like basic Pokemon or stage ones because they weren't technically a Pokemon. They had to be combined to make one card. So you're playing two cards to get one card, uh, one Pokemon on the field. And that was always very cool, like a really good idea. The initial ones, they were very bad, right? You had Ho-Oh <laughs> and Lugia. Yeah, that card was not good. Silver. And Ho-Oh was, as far as I know, never in any decks. Lugia actually saw some play towards the end of a Cities format where... It had an ability, it was like deep dive or something like that. And when you played it, you could search the top cards of your deck and find a fire, water, and electric energy and attach it. And so you could do like 200 damage or something with its attack that costs fire, water, and lightning. And then you would play like a super scoop up or something, try to get it back in your hand and redo the combo over and over. And so that saw a little bit of play in a city's format, but the biggest legend cards that i love to play were in the world's format uh specifically rayquaza deoxys legend and raikou entei legend so rayquaza deoxys legend <laughs> it has a lot of parallels and got a lot of hate back in the day uh, because it's a lot like adp where you take an additional prize per knockout now the cool thing about legends was that they also gave out multiple prizes which again back at that time was a little bit unprecedented you know, to give up two prizes. That was like a really big risk. But you had these things like Rayquaza Deoxys Legend, which well, could... Unprecedented might not be the right word. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, you're right. Maybe not unprecedented. But it but... definitely ha it had been out of format for a bit now. Yeah, at, at that time, maybe not the norm, yeah. I guess. 
Not, not the norm. That's a good way to put it. Not the norm. Uh, and so you had something like Rayquaza Deoxys Legend, which could, um, which could, you know, up the prize race and you could, you know, take four prizes over two turns and just really swing that prize trade. Uh, it did like a pretty hefty amount of damage and, uh, I don't know, 140 or something like that. I, I should pull up the card. But in any case, that was played and it had the power where that if you took a prize, you could take an extra prize. So it was a really good late game finisher. And then the other card was Raikou Ente Legend, which had a two energy snipe attack on all Pokemon with Poke Powers or Poke Bodies. So there were things like uh, Celebi Prime. And there were things like Smeargle and there were things like Shaman that were all these bench sitters that people needed throughout the course of the game uh, that one attack could take, you know, upwards of six prizes. And so that was also just a very, very cool card that I remember from the legend days. Moving ahead though, beyond the legend cards, I had a great time in 2013 with this was like kind of the first iteration or maybe one or two expansions of the EX series cards and Landorus was dominating at, a, you know, unprecedented levels during that time. And Garbodor was also in the format, the first iteration of Garbodor. I remember a 2013 States that I went to with some friends and we all played the same, you know, Landorus deck with Garbodor. You could shut down all your opponent's abilities and just swing at them, do 30, 30, 30, you know, snipe, <laughs> And uh, you'd heal with max potion and just like that thing would never die. And you just wear them down eventually to the point that you'd win the game. And we took the same deck and we made top eight, all three of us. And that was just like a really fun memory. Uh, the first printing of EXs where, or the first like, I don't know, few tournaments with EXs. So EXs. Really, really fun. Yeah. yeah. I did not play personally when big basic scarb was kind of like the deck, but uh Historically, I have kind of enjoyed those concepts. Uh, more recently, the Buzzgarb deck we played in 2017 is a great example of a kind of a exact same counterpart, but in modern day, the yeah. the basic the only real difference rather is the addition of Max Elixir, which, to be fair, did significantly amp up the power of the deck. Right, right. Uh, imagining playing Landers in 2013 with Max Elixir sounds insane to me. <laughs> so, I, I could definitely respect those kind of decks. Was there anything else really in 2013 that really jumped out at you besides Big Basic Garb? Not particularly. I mean, that was the year towards the end of that format where Verizian Genesect really started to see play, and I know that's a that's a favorite of of our group. Specifically, I'm thinking of. Natalie just loved to play that deck. Yeah. And so that, that was coming on towards the end of that season. Yeah. It's funny because Natalie was actually talking in, in our group chat today about how she thinks that Virgin was one of the more brainless decks that was ever printed. Can really? You, yeah. Do you, do you agree with that sentiment or do you disagree? I mean, to an extent, I think it has a lot in common with, I don't know, it, it, it does remind me a lot of if we can make a parallel for our current users that didn't play back then, it has a lot of parallels to ADP where you literally only want one thing, you know, you want that first turn attachment. <laughs> on on a, yeah. <laughs> and then almost nothing else matters. So like you build your whole deck around that one idea and, and then it's all very, uh, laid out. The whole plan is all kind of laid out for you beyond that, right? You get your first turn attachment, and then presumably you've played a supporter on the first turn. And so you go ahead and attach on the second turn. You can start powering up your Verzians on the bench and it all kind of like works out there. I, I wouldn't quite say that that deck is the most brainless. I, for me, if I had to give... I think she settled on like 2013 or 2012 Blastoise being the most brainless. If, if I had to give my most brainless deck that I've ever played, it'd probably be Buzzwool. Which uh, which variant of... There's quite a few Buzzwool decks. Buzzwool, just... I don't know. Buzzwool Lycanroc, I guess. I <laughs> See, I feel like Buzzwool Lycanroc had some elements of nuance to it, at least. Like, sequencing was actually, in my opinion, kind of important to play yeah. Buzzwool Lycanroc consistently well. Yeah. Um, 
because you played kind of a low energy count relative to your max elixirs, especially. Um, I guess as the years as the year went on, especially like Buzzwool got even more obviously good though. Uh, with sure. stuff like Baby Buzzwool, like you didn't even need to hit max elixirs anymore. You just had these strings, and it's just like like sure. what is even the point anymore? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so exactly. I feel that I feel that for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the the Blastoise deck and all of those like attached turn one, attached turn two decks are kind of in that same realm of brainlessness though, where like you know, Virgin did one thing every game. You attached to the Virgin turn one and two, you uh Emerald slashed and uh put them onto either Virgin or Genesect, and then you <laughs> plasma energied and G boosted <laughs> and continued on with your life you know like <laughs> it was very it was uh actually if you think about it virgin really does have a lot in common with uh josh and adp because you just yeah uh... <laughs> yeah it's kind of that same like turn clock it's kind of that same like first turn play style i think yeah there is a lot of of, of parallels there but I, I would say that Verizian Genesect had some things that you could do to it to keep it interesting. I think of I think the of Machine. <laughs> I think of the Roserade line that was put in. I think of Colrus Machine. It wasn't the most like I'm not gonna sit here and say it was the most exciting <laughs> deck, but I think for me it was uh it, there was more nuance to that deck than a deck like Buzzwell. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Otto in chat saying that twenty eighteen Worlds format Rayquaza was the number one least IQ deck. And that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you literally just slammed down all your equations and max elixirs. You don't even think about anything. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just tar- discarded like every useful card in my deck. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I can swing for 200. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and back then, swinging for 210 was much more significant than it is now. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what about you, Riley? Any... um. Any other formats there that you're that you you know think out in your brain are uh, yeah. ones that you fondly? I think uh, there are two formats that we both kind of talked about that we really liked, and they were both around the time of nationals. Um, so I'm yeah. thinking nationals of 2017, where you had the Garbodor decks, you had the Decidueye decks, the Volcanian decks, and then my favorite, the Zorark decks. And this wasn't Zorark GX, this was stand-in Zorark, was the only Zorark at the time. And uh, you played with Trampa, and sometimes and an array of other attackers, and you just kind of went to town. And that was so fun. It was very methodical. Uh, all the decks that time were very methodical. And like you had to place your damage counters right with Sijuai, you had to make really smart attachment choices with Trampa. Um, just overall a really fun format. And uh, I think, honestly... There's still all sorts of really cool games. A lot of the matchups are very close and a great format to revisit. Even though it wasn't that far in the past, I think uh, a lot of people will agree who played in that time that the Zorak Drampo format was phenomenal. Yes. Yes. Well, the Decidueye was very underrated. Or maybe not underrated. I, I think it saw significant play, but it was definitely not like a go to of a ton of players. Like, I think Decidueye... by the end of that year, Decidueye was a little underrated. Like, people thought it lost a lot harder to the Garbodor decks than it did. Sure. Um, which kind of made it a little underplayed, I think, relative to the rest of the year. Sure, sure. So, I mean, there was, like, a very specific type of people that I think of that were like, oh, those were Decidueye players, and they, like, played that deck forever, you know, for its lifespan <laughs> of being, uh, you know, a viable card. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, that was a fun deck too. The Sidui Vileplume uh, kind of archetype. It was really fun just to get up to the Sidui's. Like honestly, even if Vileplume wasn't a card, it would still be fun to play that deck, and it probably would still not be completely awful, right? Because getting the getting the extra damage and the and the gigantic HP on the Sidui was still like a force to be reckoned with. Sure, sure. <laughs> Speaking of that kind of uh, uh, Zorark format i think of nats 2017 with zorark uh drampa being a deck that andrew and i and i don't know did did you play it i can't uh, i did i wasn't friends with you guys at the time but i did play that deck. <laughs> <laughs> that was always a very very fun uh deck i i feel like 
that was a list that probably could have and and arguably maybe even should have won uh that tournament just had a decent matchup against the drampa garb deck while also maintaining pretty good matchups against almost everything else and so i remember that very fondly as well um any other decks that stick out to you riley over the course of your playing that that you just have loved not maybe we're going past formats but just specific decks that you've really enjoyed playing um when i think of specific like when i think of my all-time favorite decks i think of that zorak deck um at least the ones that i played in like my actual time as a player like ignoring past formats i think of that zorak deck i think of decidui file plume i think of um zorak glissopod that we played at nats and the spe respectively uh that deck was insanely fun and i think we did a really good job constructing that um i think the first iteration auto calls out in chat of wacky smacky the vile plume deck that we played at collinsville that was just so fun it was so memorable like working with everybody on that too i've i don't think before or since i've had a deck that was like such a collaborative effort um with my friend group so that was that was really awesome as well and of course like expanded zorak for the hex maniac format um you know obviously i'm biased and i have my sentiments towards it but that tech was just so insane and oh, so I wish fun. We were friends then riley <laughs> yeah i know it's crazy you know we just kind of missed the mark on each other just a little bit uh, <sighs> but i think all those kinds of decks and they have a lot in common in the fact that they're like um they like try to checkmate their opponents and trap them in board states and uh capitalize on opponents mistakes all of my favorite decks kind of capitalize a lot on mistakes as opposed to just like out aggressing Um, sure that's just something i've always really enjoyed and it's very easy to see that like common thread between my favorite decks sure very cool anything uh from the past that you want reprinted i mean you've played for what three years now four years uh or at least known you know started getting into the game maybe four years ago uh any cards that you've seen since you've played past formats that you would like to see come back um to be honest i would i wouldn't mind like a better baby baby mechanic coming back um or like us to make them or overall just like slowing the format down making it a little more methodical um, in the way past AV formats have been, but I don't think it's really possible to get back there without at least a couple years of effort put into it. Um, one thing I would kind of like to see back is something like Power Spray. I think it would need some sort of gating. Um, so Power Spray was gated behind the SPs, and you had to have X amount in play, um, which could make it sometimes hard to get it on your first turn. Um, but... I think some kind of like disruption effect like that could be really fun or in general like more effects to like disrupt your opponent's like rampant use of abilities um i think abilities are a little unchecked right now and i would love to see like more things in the game not to completely shut your opponent out like garbador can but to like have a little more i don't know interactivity or like thought put into what kind of cards you're putting into your deck because sure. right now you can just kind of go hog wild with abilities and nothing can really stop you especially if it's not on a gx <laughs> yes of course of course that's a huge thing and then even things like you know the uh chaotic swell is kind of that soft counter to power plant which is what i'm thinking of as the biggest ability blocker in our current format yeah for sure Sorry. what kind of cards from the past do you think of when you think of things you might want to revive Well, yeah, you talk about ability blocking. And for me, a card that I've enjoyed playing in my time in past formats has been Cessation Crystal, where it just, Cessation Crystal is just a card that, um, you know, would block the opponent's, I don't know, ability. I I guess back then it would be called power. But let me just read the official text of that card. As long as the Cessation Crystal is attached to the active Pokemon, each player's Pokemon both yours and your opponents can't use any pokey powers or pokey bodies. So that's very cool to me because it has kind of this double-edged wording where in order to play cessation crystal, you have the negative of not being able to use powers or bodies now called abilities. Um, and so, you know, you have to construct your deck around playing cessation crystal at the same time. Cessation crystal is very good 
to just shut your opponent out. So if you are able to build your deck and are able to make use of it, it's just a very, very strong mechanic, especially back in the time that it was printed where there wasn't really that much gusting power. Cessation Crystal could stick your opponent uh, for a significant portion of the game. Yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking about it some more, another card that I would like to see back, um, and this might have to have the caveat of once a Rangru rotates, but I think Countercatcher was just a phenomenally designed card. And Mm. the only problem is when stuff like a Rangru can, like, recycle it infinitely and abuse it. Um, Sure. But I think just, like, even throwing Countercatcher into, like, attacking decks that um, might just happen to fall behind is just so good. And it's... It's a really fun card to use because you can get build sort of outs that you wouldn't have otherwise, where you can like gust while also playing a supporter, um, especially as boss's orders comes back and you have more supporter based gust. It would right. be fun to have something like countercatcher that's you know a more guaranteed item based gust, but has more conditions gating it. I, I sure. really like that card in general. I know you kind of liked it as well, but I've, well, I'm a huge I, fan of it. I would be. I would be more excited about that card if it was countercatcher, but it had even harsher restrictions where it's like, you can only play this if you have, you know, three or less prize cards remaining or, or your opponent only has three or less prize sure. cards. Remaining. Like, I think the idea of, of the spirit of countercatcher is good. Right. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. But the problem with that is like, you know, you obviously have a stall deck or something where right. if, I think it wouldn't be a problem if a Ranger was gone, but sure. Um, sure. That's why I would I would definitely say like I don't want it back in the context of a Ranguru existing. Sure. So I I think the the last card for me that I would want reprinted and it's not really one specific card but it's kind of a, a mechanic of cards that would just be a boost to the evolution mechanic and we I think we would both agree that evolving is one of the core tenets to Pokemon in general yeah you know as a series yes as a series right evolving is always very special it's always very highly regarded and so to have a format dominated by basics doesn't really hit the nostalgia button as hard as being able to evolve into these you know stage ones and stage twos so the evolving mechanic i think of two very specific mechanics where you could get around the way to turn to evolve which i think is one of the primary um gatekeepers for stage twos but waiting a turn to have to evolve um i think the old rare candy rules if they were in effect right now would be totally fine very balanced and even i i'm not really i'm struggling to think of of a card that i would say is uh too good with the old rare candy rules where you could evolve via rare candy on the turn you played that basic the other evolving mechanic that I like is Broken Time Space. That was a stadium card that we saw most recently with Forest of Giant Plants, which mm-hmm. Forest of Giant Plants only uh, could be used on grass Pokemon, but Broken Time Space could be used on any Pokemon. So, like, I, I would think maybe there's like a Broken Time Space that you could nerf slightly where it says, I don't know, like you can only go use this like to evolve one time each of your pokemon one time you know maybe not all the way up to a stage two but right there definitely had to be some way that you can yeah maybe there's or like you can only use the effect if you're behind on prizes i mean that's another you know thing that we were just talking about with countercatcher um there's some way you can maybe make broken time space a little bit more uh reasonable but in any case i'd love to see evolving come back into the game and i think those are maybe two possible ways that it could yeah yeah i think there's all sorts of ways that evolution could potentially be improved and maybe there's just something new that we haven't thought of yet to help boost evolution up but evolution is definitely in a in a grim place right now if i have to say (laughs) with no end in sight with no end in sight and for the foreseeable future yeah it's a it's pretty rough out there for evolution decks which is kind of sad because i think evolution decks are really fun like it's more fun to me to like evolve things up and be methodical with your gameplay than it is to you know, attach pass, attach attack kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I... But we'll see. <laughs> we'll definitely see. Please, Pokemon, please. So that is a pretty wide array of stuff we talked about with these old formats down. And actually, 
we <laughs> we took it a lot longer than I thought it might. I think we had a lot more passion for these formats than we even originally realized. So I think now's a perfect time to start opening up to chat questions. And you can ask questions about old formats. You can ask questions about the present day. You can ask questions about how you might adjust the game moving forward. Really, whatever you want. Uh, this is your time to, to play ball with us. And so we'll take probably about five questions from the chat. And then we will wrap it up for the night. So thank you all so much for listening, as per usual. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we're excited to see what you got for us. Yeah. <laughs> Not really a question, but Otto says in chat, Evolutions, Pokemon can do that? I know, it's shocking, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Pokemon that don't draw you cards can actually evolve. It's crazy. I know. It's wild out there. Yeah, no, thank you guys all so much for listening. I just got a uh, message the other day in my inbox that we are the 199th ranked podcast in the games division. Of, division. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of a very, you know, specific genre. But hey, I mean. I think top it's category maybe. maybe more appropriate than division. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, Horshi in chat asking, do you think ADP and or Ranger should be banned anytime soon? I don't. I hate I hate Oranguru. I dislike ADP, but I think that they are still within uh the realm of being not they are gatekeepers, to be sure, but they're not broken in the way that past cards have been broken and so yes they restrict a lot of deck building they um, cause a lot of headaches and problems and torment but I think they are going to be able to live their lives out and you know come to a to a rotation and just be rotated out naturally I don't think that they'll be banned anytime well, especially because for the foreseeable future there's no Pokemon tournaments Oranguru has likely lived out its lifespan <laughs> Oranguru was put down a little bit early so he kind of did get banned if you think about it true that true that <laughs> Vic Staff in chat asking uh, to try to figure out in the expanded format what is the most damage you think can be done with a single attack so this might take some additional thinking but immediately what comes to mind for me is uh, copying that Tyranitar Mega Tyranitar GX that does damage for every damage counter um, against <laughs> this is like pretty elaborate but you use the four times weakness bioplume obviously that's going to be part of it no matter what is that in standard? that's not in it's, oh, it's in expanded okay. and so you four times weakness bioplume you use Mew EX to copy the Mega Tyranitar and then you hit into the um the Conkledur that gets HP for every fighting energy that's on it. <laughs> and then you play like a bunch of plus powers and stuff. That's like my initial thought of how to get there. Okay. I could see it. <laughs> Maybe we'll have, to, we'll have to run the numbers ourselves and come with our best answer next week. That sounds good. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Zeely says, I like your bun. Yes, it is the source of my power. If you've been listening to any of my streams, you'll know that my power increases as my hair gets longer. <laughs> is that true? It is. It is. I, I'm getting stronger by the day. Well, congrats. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sledgehammer asking in chat, any good list for expanded Tina Chomp? Honestly, you can probably take Hunter Butler's list, not change it a ton, and it would still work relatively fine. Um, maybe I devote it a little bit more to being not being able to play supporter turn one, but the overall core concept of the list is very solid. It holds up pretty well. Yeah. All things considered. I don't know that Tina Chomp is the best choice, but um, it certainly, as an archetype, doesn't change all that much. Yeah, speaking of your man bun, JW... <laughs> I feel like my hair is getting like kind of long right now because I can't go to the, <laughs> the barber anymore. <laughs> what if we just all get man buns? Let's just all yeah. make a pact. Maybe that's just what we got to do, right? Yeah, like, that sounds good to me, bro. <laughs> would, how funny would that be? Is like one week you just come back and your hair's in a bun. That would just be so funny. <laughs> Everyone just has gigantic beards and man buns. <laughs> 
Just all our clothes are like torn and tattered. <laughs> it's like, like we had no access to anything, even though that's not how it works. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was thinking about that last week, actually, because my hair was starting to get like a little too big for me last week. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, like, yeah. there's no way to deal with this right now. <laughs> yeah. well, I could mail you our razor. We have an electric razor. I have an electric razor too with the uh, adjustable things, uh, with the blade protectors okay. or whatever. But okay. I, uh, I'm taking a razor to my own hair on my actual head, especially in the back. It just seems yeah. like a dangerous affair to me. Okay. <laughs> Tell you what, fly here to Ohio and then. Oh yeah, wife. I should board a plane. <laughs> my my wife. It might honestly, it might be cheaper than getting a haircut. <laughs> with the caveat that I would have to go through these horrifying airports right now. Well, I mean, okay, it's a small price to pay. I'm just saying you'd get a free haircut. I feel like gas is so cheap, I could just drive there, and it would be like 20 bucks. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Good point. That's funny. Uh, let's see. A sledgehammer in chat also asking, lastly, Mewtwo and Expanded is decent, but I feel that too much is happening in a tourney without Trevnar. Or in attorney without Trevnar, is there a list to check? Um, I don't know, JW, have you theorymoned Mewtwo in the Sword and Shield format at all? Yeah, I think the problem with Mewtwo is that it just doesn't do enough damage against things like Snorlax. It obviously gets really hard countered by a deck like um, Trevnor and, uh, and Vileplume. And so for me, Mewtwo hasn't been as good as it was in, in past formats and especially things like stall that have been showing up pretty consistently at the top tables. I, I just wouldn't say Mewtwo is uh, poised to do that. Well, uh, if you're playing attorney where it has a specific ban list, I, th- I mean, I, I would say just the most recent cards are, or the most recent lists are the best so just take uh take a look i think there were a few that got top 32 in dallas so you know it's it sound, i sound like a broken record right riley's like well just take hunter's list for tina chomp but really just the me too lists are all pretty much there i posted yeah. a few that i'm really proud of um and you can check those on my twitter kieran and wagner also made top 32 in well i think it was dallas with me too and so he he would be another good resource to look at yeah for sure. So I see like two more questions in chat. We'll probably take those and then wrap up for the evening. Um, so Bob McDoodle asking Rebel Set Level Rebel Clash set review coming soon. I could definitely see us doing something along those lines in the coming weeks. Um, and we're always open to to new ideas for what we should be doing, especially during this particularly strange time and unprecedented. Um, yeah. So I don't know if we'll do a full set review. I could definitely see us doing like a top 10 hits and top 10 misses. Um, that might be something fun that we could approach. Uh, but we'll definitely do something at Rebel Clash. Probably not uh, for at least a couple weeks here, but it's on our radar. Sure. Um, and then last question here. Uh, what are your thoughts about bringing Double Gust back as a supporter as opposed to Lysander reprint? Um, I could definitely see that being an interesting thing. Um, we don't really have a precedent for Double Gust for quite a while now, but there's a lot of heavy Pokemon that could usually uh, now get you punished. So I could definitely see it being a good option. Um, yeah. That sounds a little more balanced than Guzma, but still being... It could still be exploited. I would right. be worried. I, I mean, I, you know, you just play a Dawnwings and a Balloon, all of a sudden, like, it doesn't matter if they try yeah. to, like, mess with you. So. Yeah, I'm, I would be a little nervous about saying that that is the counter to Guzma. I think Guzma was just the best gust effect that we've ever had. And probably it will for the foreseeable future. Yeah, for which, so I really hope that they don't bring that mechanic back, even if it is nerfed. And even that slight amount, even if it's nerfed like that, seems like it might be enough. But I, I do agree with Riley. It might It definitely wouldn't. I hope that, I hope that that one doesn't come back. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I can just definitely see a ton of ways where um, double gust the the downside of a double gust would just be ignored or just very easily sure. played around. So, sure, um, exactly. I don't think it would really be that much different than having Lysander in the present day, especially with every deck playing like somebody switches. So. Right, 
Right. Absolutely. So I want to say one thing, Riley, before you close us out here. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. If you're listening on a podcasting app, please make sure to rate our podcast and leave a comment. This will do a couple things. It will make us easier to find for other people and it will just, you know, make me really happy. So if you want to make us easier to find and you want to make me personally happy, please make sure to rate our podcast. It would I think bring a smile to both of our faces for sure. Oh, it would also bring a smile to Riley's face. So well, that you didn't say you would smile. You just said you'd be happy. I would smile. Well, I think when I get happy, I smile. Every time? Ah, I guess you're right. I did type LMAO today, but I <laughs> People I be typing have, LMAO, but not laughing. For sure. I still have my butt attached. <laughs> people, people be typing LMAO and not even laughing in present day. We're cracking down on that. We're going to send the police. If you ever send me a text, Riley, that says LMAO and you still have your butt attached, then I am going to send the police to your house. I'm going to start freaking raffle mowing, dude. Watch out for that. <laughs> Ooh, dude, uh, get you, get just help me with that good raffle copter. <laughs> we're, we're bringing back raffle copter for sure. Raffle copter, all right. Well, I'm in. Well, thank you all so much for listening. As JW said, we appreciate all of you, and we will catch you next week with some more awesome tag team content. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>